Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Manifest Your Dreams. I'm your host, the Lexi Wilson, and today we're going to continue our journey of learning about how to read our birth charts. Today, we're going to focus on the zodiac characteristics of each of the signs, Aries through Pisces, and I'm going to go through this very quickly because we have 30 minutes to get all this done. Because remember, I'm trying to keep all my episodes under 30 minutes. Um, So be sure to pause whenever you need to rewind, take breaks, all the things that you need. But the reason why I want to dive into the characteristics behind each of the zodiac signs is because since last week, we focused on the planets, the planets tell you what each of the the planets uh, represent in your life, what they mean. For example, Mercury is about your communication. Venus is about your love life. The rising sign is about your perspective over the world or the mask that you wear when you first meet people. But when we combine that with the zodiac signs, it can help you to gain understanding on why people act the way that they do or why you act the way that you do. So for example, we're going to start off with Aries. Let's say if you have a Venus in Aries, but yet your sun sign is in, uh, let's see, I can't think of another, like a Capricorn, right? So you're a Capricorn sun, but a v- but a Venus Aries. Because Venus represents your love life and how you look at love, how you attract people to you um, and what you find valuable in life, then even though you were a Capricorn sun, you are going to look at love through the eyes of an Aries. You're going to show up in your love relationship through the eyes of the Aries. You're going to value things through the energy of the Aries because your Venus is in Aries. So this is why it's important to combine the planets alongside the zodiac signs and Either in the next episode or the episode after that, I haven't decided of the order, we'll dive into the houses so you can really start to to put it all together. Uh, But for now, what we're going to focus on are these zodiac signs. So I'm really excited for today's episode. But like I said, because we have limited time, I'm going to make sure that I go through each of these and give as much energy, I mean, much focus as I can to each energy. So first, let's start with Aries. Aries energy is a very, it's a fire sign, the fire element. So it's very energetic. It has a naturally uh, impulsive way of looking at life. It loves adventure. It's very courageous. It can be a little bit, you know, like I said, it can be a little bit impulsive uh, because it feels something it feels that fire and then it just reacts and it's naturally very independent. So wherever you have Aries in your chart, like I said, if you have an Aries Venus, you're going to show up in your relationships with a very energetic type of energy, even if you have a calm sun sign like a Capricorn or like uh, a Libra. Uh, well, Libras aren't always that calm, but sometimes they can be. So this is why also when people start say sometimes like, I don't know why when in my relationship, I'm really bold and I know how to like tell my man what's a zoo or tell my girl what's a zoo. But then when it's time for me to show up like that at work, I don't really know how to do that. And I'm not sure why I'm very shy there. Well, that makes sense because it represents a different planet and a different area of your chart. So you show up differently there. But if you have Aries, wherever you have Aries in your Mercury, in your Saturn, you're going to show up in this way through this energetic lens of that Aries energy 
because of where it's located inside of your chart. So Aries energy, like I said, loves, it's a natural born leader. It's full of energy and natural enthusiasm. They love challenges and they love to take on risk. So wherever Aries is in your chart, this is going to be an area where you tend to be a little bit more bolder. For me, my Aries is in my fourth house of family. So when it comes to my family, I tend to be, and family for me is, doesn't have to mean blood, could mean anybody. And so that could be the same for you as well. But for me, where Aries shows up in my life, it tends to show up in the way that I look at and view family and how I show up in my family. I think everybody in my family would definitely say that I have a more adventurous, courageous, risk-taking, impulsive, independent personality when I'm with my family. And and that's absolutely (laughs) the case. Okay, let's move on to the second sign, which is Taurus. So Taurus, one of my favorite signs out there, shout out to all my Tauruses, uh, is an earth element. It's an earth sign, which is also one of the reasons I love it because I'm a Capricorn earth signs. So we really connect. I never have a problem with earth signs. And even my therapist is a, is a Taurus. I, you know, I just, I love them. I love them so much. <laughs> and they do make great therapists though. So I highly recommend if you can choose a, a, a therapist or a psych or a psychiatrist by their Zodiac sign, look out for Tauruses. Um, anyways, let's get back to it. <laughs> um, but Taurus energy is naturally very reliable because it is that earth sign. You think of the earth, right? We pretty much rely on the fact that tomorrow this the the earth is going to still be here. Granted, you know, let's not get into politics, all right? But anyways, point is we have this understanding that the earth is solid, right? And so Taurus energy has that solid foundation type of energy. Um, it's naturally very patient but doesn't mean that they aren't also stubborn. They are very stubborn because they're a fixed element. And so they have a natural desire to see things through the way they see things. And so working with them is about learning how to, to invite them into compromise. (laughs) It takes, it's quite a challenge, but it's worth it because once they are on your side, they're very patient and they're incredibly loyal. Uh, Now, they're also known for their stability and their practicality. So they're naturally just really grounded in their decisions. They're grounded in looking at all sides of a coin before they make a decision. They really want to see like, what is the good, the bad, the ugly of every situation and how can you maximize it to the best of your ability so that way everybody's happy and everything is fair. They do appreciate the finer things in life because they rule over pleasure and luxury. So they are not going to play when it comes to things like food, quality sleep, you know, they want silk threads, they want nice clothing, you know, they want good food. They're not talking about just fast food, which they're not above fast food, but they really love a good restaurant, okay? (laughs) So Taurus energy, wherever you have that in your chart, that's gonna be where you're gonna show up with a lot of luxury. Um, For me, what's really funny is that Taurus rules over my fifth house of childhood. And when I was a child, I was known for being Miss Prissy. And it's because I really do like the finer things. I still like the finer things. My inner child is very expensive. And that's because she has Taurus ruling over her. So she has that natural desire for luxury and niceness. And wherever your Taurus shows up, whether it's in a certain house or whether it's like, 
you know, if you have a Venus Taurus, then that means in your love life, you really love when someone is very luxurious to you, very sensual with you, gives you a lot of time if they're dependable, because that's how you show up in your love life. If you're a Venus and Taurus, then you're somebody who has that reliable, practical nature inside of your love life. Let's move on to Gemini. So Gemini is the third sign of the Zodiac and it is an air element. It's our first air element of the Zodiac um, chart. It naturally is very versatile and it's because it's a mutable um, sign. So it mutates based off of the information that it has at the time. And this is even more powerful for Gemini because their symbol is the twins, meaning that there's always one side that you see, but then there's another side, there's something deeper that's always happening that they kind of keep to themselves until the right time. And this is why sometimes they can be misunderstood. Sometimes people can see them and think, you know, oh, they're dishonest or they're, they're two-faced because they have that other side. And I, I have a soft heart for Geminis because I have a lot of Gemini um, people in my life. It's not so much that they, yes, in their shadow, can they be a little bit two-faced? Yes, because they do have that sometimes fear of being totally honest. They don't want to experience rejection because they have a deep sensitivity to it. I look at Geminis as one of the the areas that they rule over is early childhood. So it's the younger, young, young, young version of yourself. And I see that as like a child never wants to feel rejected or unwanted. And if they fear that that's what's going to happen, if they tell the truth about what they like or who they are, then they may put on the face that allows them to be accepted. And that in and of itself is what causes people to feel like you can't trust the Gemini when in reality, if you look at them from that perspective, you realize that there's kind of like this fearful side to them and they're just wanting to know, can I be accepted for my my creativity, for my weirdness, uh, for my uniqueness? That's really important to the Gemini. And when you make it care, uh, make it, known to them that it's safe for them to express their true, authentic, witty, sociable, crazy, curious self, then you'll actually find that they're very, very loyal and they're very, very honest with you uh, because they're also known for their adaptability. That is going to be a huge part of they're always going to be able to change and go with the flow. They are one of the more flexible air signs because of they have the, the because they have this ability to kind of mutate. So wherever Gemini is in your chart, that's going to be an area for you where you will show up in all of those qualities, which is also why it's so funny when people are like, oh, I don't like a particular sign. Well, you actually are that sign. It just depends on where it is inside of your chart. Okay, let's move on to Cancer. So Cancer is the, wait, why do I always get this wrong? Fourth sign. I don't know why I was about to say fifth when I know it's four. Okay, it's the fourth sign of the Zodiac. Its element is water. It's our first water sign of the Zodiac. And how you really want to describe a Cancer is highly in touch with their emotions because they rule over emotional emotional wellness. And the moon, the uh, the planet, the moon, uh, is what rules over them. And we see how the moon changes phases every two days. It changes signs, it changes phases. So it, you think of emotions, you know, you can in one day go through 
so many different emotions, right? That's what the cancer kind of represents is this changing of the the heart all the time. It values things like nurturing and empathy. And it's naturally very intuitive because it's very, it's ruled by its emotions. So it's very connected to the heart. Um, it's very protective and sensitive because it's ruled by its heart. It's very, it's keep connected there. So wherever cancer is in your chart, this is where you can expect to find a desire for emotional honesty. Let's say if you have a cancer over um, your 10th house, that's the house of career. So in your career, there's this like desire to feel like a family in your career. You want to work someplace where you get to feel really empowered and connected to your boss. You want mentors in your life. You want to feel like these people are, are like my second family. That's because of where cancer is in your chart. Let's say if you have a Mars in cancer, that means that you're going to be incredibly protective because remember Mars represents the area where you're going to set boundaries where you're going to be triggered. And since cancer rules over emotions, then one of the areas that you're going to be very protective of are your emotions and probably the emotions of other people's as people as well. That's a trigger point for you that if you see people maybe disregarding people's feelings or pushing people's um, values to the side, that's going to be a trigger point for you because of the fact that you have a Mars in Cancer. Let's move on to Leo. I think we're doing pretty good. Like, wow. <laughs> for somebody who has her Mercury in Sagittarius and talks a lot, you know, we didn't get to Sagittarius yet, but we'll talk about it. Uh, I'm doing really good, I feel. Let me not get too comfortable, though, because <laughs> that's when things get messed up. Okay, so let's go to Leo. Leo is the fifth sign of the Zodiac. And it's so funny. My cat's name is Leo, and um, he's right next to me. So every time I keep saying it, he's like, yeah what do you want? So if you do hear him meow, it's, that's because of that. Okay. Um, and the reason he's named Leo is because I am a Leo moon, but also, uh, he's named after Leonardo DiCaprio. So his name is Leonardo DiCaprio. Okay. Whatever you can judge me, but you know what? I think it's cool. And so does he, and that's all that matters. Anyway, let's get back to it. Leo, <laughs> It's a fire element. So it's our second fire sign of the Zodiac after Aries. And it is naturally very charismatic, very confident because they rule over confidence. Ooh, Leo is here to shine. It wants to be seen. This is like, I love to call it the actress of the Zodiac because it's very much about like, front and center boo she wants the mic and she wants it loud that's why i love to have my podcast can you see i love to have a mic in my hands it's a vibe <laughs> okay leo energy is naturally very generous incredibly ambitious and that's that's something that leos don't get enough credit for is their ambition they dream very very big and they want to achieve these dreams and they want to go after them and they want people around them who are going to support them and encourage them to actually follow those dreams and and pursue those dreams. Uh, but they can also be a little dramatic. You know, they like, they like a little flair for the arts. And I mean, look at how a sound, okay. You can tell <laughs> that I'm somebody who uh, I like a little drama, you know, it's my, it's my vibe now because my moon is in Leo. 
you are actually witnessing <laughs> my emotional heart center. I have this naturally charismatic way of speaking, this charismatic way of feeling through things. I'm very loud and passionate and vocal about what I feel. And that's because I'm a Leo moon. So my emotions are right on my sleeve, even though my son is in Capricorn. And that makes me that, well, it doesn't make me, but it can make me sometimes be quite shy. The truth is that Leo moon that I have is very, very strong. And my Mercury and Sagittarius is also incredibly strong. And those are the two things that you're going to see when you really meet me, because Mercury represents how we speak and the moon represents how we feel. So because my moon is in a very fiery energy like Leo, it's really hard for me to hide that. <laughs> and so if you have a Leo in, well, not if you have Leo in your chart and wherever Leo is in your chart, it's going to be kind of hard for you to hide that Leo energy because it's very, very forward. Let's say if you have a Mercury in Leo, then Mercury is how you speak. Leo is naturally charismatic, is naturally confident, is naturally ambitious, dreams very, very big. So you speak like big. You speak, maybe you speak loud because you have that Mercury and Leo. Um, and naturally also because Leos are natural born leaders, they're meant to be leaders. When you speak, it sounds like you're a leader. This is if you have a Mercury and Leo. And it's because of the fact that that Leo is kind of taking over your ability to show up and show out in that area of your life. Okay, let's move on to Virgo. Virgo is the sixth um, zodiac sign, and it is an earth element. It was our second earth sign of the zodiac. Now, earth, uh, Virgo energy is very, very practical, very analytical, incredibly detail oriented, and also reliable and modest. This is a very um, like close to the chest kind of sign. It's not in your face. It doesn't feel like they have something to prove per se. They really are just like, I'm, I'm on my own wave. I'm great all by myself. Now, don't mistake their their confidence in their greatness as confidence in totality because Virgo energy, because they can be so detail oriented, can sometimes struggle with deep insecurity because they're looking at everything that they could have done better, even if they've done it excellently. So wherever Virgo is in your chart, that's where you can expect this kind of meticulous, detail-oriented phase or perspective of life. So let's say if your Virgo is over your fifth house, um, then you're in your childhood, you might have been very, very particular. Maybe you liked having your room cleaned very well. Uh, maybe you liked, you didn't like having piles of things. So you, you made sure that everything had its place. Uh, Virgo uh, children or, or children who have had Virgo in their fifth house. I noticed that uh, their dressers, I used to be a nanny, so I paid attention a lot to kids and uh, their dressers are very like, all the nail polishes are in order and their jewelry is like right where it needs to be. <laughs> you know, It's not very messy. Um, and it's because of the fact that they have, that's where their Virgo is. It's over their childhood. So in their childhood, they might've been a little bit like that as opposed to yes, when they get older, they might've learned to kind of be okay with the mess in life. Um, let's say if Virgo is over yours, your, your, Oh, let's say, your Mercury is in Virgo. So Mercury, again, is 
the the planet of speaking right and communication which means that you would have a very analytical practical detail oriented way of speaking which can sometimes cause you trouble because sometimes that also means that with the virgo mercury you can be a little too hypercritical so you got to be careful about that um but that is part of that's part of your chart. And I think the hypocriticalness would come from if you're in your shadow, meaning that you're not feeling at your best. And so you kind of go into that hypercriticism mode. Um, but when you are feeling at your best, your ability to notice details is why you're excellent and why others can be excellent, too, because of you, um, because of what you notice. So let's move on to the seventh sign of the zodiac, and that is Libra. So Libra is an air sign. It is our second air sign of the zodiac. It is naturally very charming, incredibly diplomatic because their, their symbol is the scales. So they really value fairness and equality. They love when things are very fair. And if it's not fair, they are going to have a problem. They're going to do everything in their power to make it as fair as possible. They love to have everyone cooperate as well, which can sometimes make them people pleasers. And so they have to be very, very careful that they are paying attention to what feels good to them and that they're not just doing stuff simply because everyone else is okay with it if they're not. Um, now, because of this, sometimes in their shadow, they can be a little bit indecisive because they can see both sides of the coin and that's why sometimes they just don't make a decision at all so wherever libra is in your chart that's where you're going to notice this naturally people pleasing charming diplomatic possibly indecisive self come out so let's say if libra if you have your venus in libra then yes it's very possible that in your love life you show up in this very balanced diplomatic type of way um which can be very good when trying to compromise right but it can also be sometimes very frustrating if you're not being honest about what you actually want because you're leaning into that people pleasing side of things right so it's really important um that that you know where that Libra is so you can see like, okay, this is why sometimes maybe I struggle with decisions here. Um, okay, so let's move on to the eighth sign of the Zodiac, which is Scorpio. Scorpio is a water sign. And this is our second water sign of the Zodiac. It is naturally intense. Listen, when you meet a Scorpio, you know you've met a Scorpio. Uh, Scorpios are one of the most visually um well, visually appealing to me. I love Scorpio look, but, <laughs> and maybe that's because I do actually have a lot of Scorpio in my chart. I have a Leo moon in the house of Scorpio. And then I have Pluto and Scorpio, which a lot of millennials have Pluto and Scorpio. Um, but I have my, my Pluto, not my Pluto. Um, I can't remember, but there's a lot of planets that I have in the house of Scorpio as well as in Scorpio. So I have a lot of energy that I love towards that. But you see what I mean? That even though I'm a Capricorn, I do have these other placements that then kind of dictate how I'm going to show up. So with Scorpio energy, it's naturally very intense. And it's one of those signs that you can see almost like immediately. They look very similar all the time because <laughs> they love intensity. Um, and uh, they're very resourceful because they're used to having to kind of survive the tough things. And so they know how to find those answers, honey. They are very resourceful, very determined, naturally very passionate 
but also very secretive. So it's important then that wherever Scorpio is in your chart, you recognize that that's an area that you may not be so forthcoming with. With me having like my moon in the house of Scorpio, sometimes my emotions are not right, like as, as, I'm not exposing everything to you. That Leo moon is what makes it a little complicated because it does make me expose more than I'm comfortable with sometimes because my Leo gets too happy. But because it's in the eighth house, there is always going to be a little piece of me that I'm keeping to myself um, more than I need to because it feels more comfortable for me. So that same is going to be true for you. If your Mercury is in Scorpio, that means that you might not be very talkative. You might actually keep a lot of things to yourself and you prefer observing first before you jump jump in. But then once you do, there's an intensity and a passion, a passion to your communication because you have a Mercury in Scorpio. Okay, let's move on to Sagittarius. Sagittarius is a fire sign and it is naturally optimistic. I love Sagittarius energy because of its natural optimism. It's naturally adventurous, independent, philosophical. Oh my goodness. Do they love talking about knowledge? It's because they rule over higher learning. So they love talking about learning new concepts and things, but it also is very, very blunt because it values truth at all costs. So sometimes it'll just say things and ooh, put their foot into their mouth. And as a Mercury in Sagittarius, I can attest to this completely. So again, Mercury represents how we speak. And because my Mercury is in the sign of Sagittarius, I do tend to be very, very forward with my truth. But that is also why sometimes I get my foot stuck in my mouth and I end up getting in trouble because I say things sometimes before I think. And that happens a lot with Sagittarius energy. So wherever you have Sagittarius in your chart, you might find that this is an area where you're naturally more optimistic, but you also can sometimes be a little bit too like, did you really stop and think about that before you did it? You know, so you, you got to be careful there. <laughs> but um, that's where you're going to notice this straightforward, optimistic, sometimes like, you know, um, energy in your chart. Okay, let's move on to the 10th zodiac sign. The 10th zodiac sign is Capricorn. And that is me. Yay, Capricorn sun. Uh, it is an earth element and it is very ambitious, very similar to the Leo, very ambitious, incredibly disciplined. Capricorn loves how disciplined they can be. Um, also very patient, very responsible and reserved. And reserved can sometimes mean that they hold back a little too much, which comes off as very shy. And so they have to learn to let loose and not take life so seriously, which is something I struggle with all the time. So wherever Capricorn is in your chart, this is going to be an area where your ambition is going to be very, very, very high. This is going to be where you are want you want to show up and be number one and be the best because Capricorn values hard work and a consistent work ethic. And so wherever that Capricorn is for you, let's say if Capricorn, if you have a Capricorn Mars, then whenever you're passionate about something, because Mars represents our passion, you're going to go at that thing like a, like a, I don't even know, something aggressive because you're, <laughs> you're not going to give up. And this is going to be an area where you don't give up easily. I notice a lot that with Venus and Capricorn people, they're very, very loyal to their partners. And why? Because Capricorn is willing to put in the hard work. So if you have that in a Venus where it's all about love, then in your love life, 
even if sometimes it can be a toxic relationship, you might end up staying accidentally because you value loyalty and you value putting in the hard work. So locate where your Capricorn is to kind of see a little bit of uh, where you're showing up in your life like that. Okay, we're running out of time. We're running out of time. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to go ahead and close this out. And I'm going to give you guys a bonus episode so we can get a little bit into Aquarius and Pisces. So I know that I have a few minutes here and I could possibly go, but I don't want to try to push myself here. So we're going to keep it nice and short on this one. And then you get an extra episode. So I'll see you guys in the next episode right after this. Hello, everyone. So I just want to interrupt this programming because I thought I was going to have to start a whole new episode and I realized that I do not have to. So although in the next section here, you're going to hear me constantly referencing to the previous episode, uh, which was what you were just listening to just a couple seconds ago, it's still the same episode. Okay. So I just want to give you guys that heads up. Thanks for listening. Hello and welcome back to Manifest Your Dreams. I'm your host, the Lexi Wilson. And I did not mean to say the Lexi Wilson. I'm just so used to saying my name when I have to tell people how to find me on Instagram. And and so I accidentally just said the Lexi Wilson, but I don't typically do that. So please forgive me. Um, But anyways, we are back with part two of our episode on going through the zodiac signs. And we're going to focus on the last two zodiac signs, which is the Aquarius and the Pisces. This is going to be a very short episode, but I just wanted to make sure that I gave myself enough time to actually go through this. I love to keep the episodes shorter than 30 minutes. So I wanted to make sure that that first episode was cut short. We're not cut short, but stays close to the time. Um, So we're going to make sure that we do that as well for this one, but this will be very, very short. So anyways, let's get back to it. So now we're going to go into Aquarius. Aquarius is our final earth. uh, No, no, whoa, hold on. Aquarius is our final air sign of the Zodiac. It is naturally very progressive, very open-minded, very inventive, and it's a natural, um, like, rebellious kind of energy because it likes to, it's kind of interesting that it comes right after the Capricorn because where the Capricorn values traditionalism, if you will, Aquarius values the rebellion. It It's like, you know, screw tradition. Let's, let's start something new. Let's go in a new direction. Let's try something that feels more, more updated. That's very much Aquarius energy. It's very, very progressive, which is why I said it was progressive. So um, wherever Aquarius is in your chart, this is going to be the area where you're going to want to push yourself forward and try something new and different. So let's say if you have a Jupiter in Aquarius, then with a Jupiter, Jupiter represents where you are feel most naturally abundant, where you're willing to take a risk. And when you have a Jupiter in Aquarius, that makes you a really big risk taker. You really value kind of being the first to do something. And you don't want to do something just because it's worked before or just because other people have told you this is how it's supposed to go. For you, you're like, no, I want to do this because it's new, it's updated, and it's unique to me. 
So I'm going to do it. And the more that you engage in your life in that capacity, wherever that Aquarius is, the more easier it is to manifest and to create the things that you want, including just a feeling of sense uh, of uh, wellness and confidence in yourself because you're showing up as the Aquarius in wherever the Aquarius is inside of your chart. And what I also want to add on is that the thing about Aquarius is, as well is that they rule over community. So they really care about giving back and taking care of the collective. So wherever Aquarius is in your chart, this is also going to be an area where you tend to be the most like social worky. <laughs> you know, you want to really support and care for the people in that particular category of your life. So let's say if you have a, uh, your sixth house is ruled by Aquarius. Since sixth house represents our daily work, our coworkers, the daily habits that we have, you may find that something you're super passionate about is giving back to your, the people at your job. Maybe you organize uh, times for volunteering, or maybe it's through people at your job that you end up, uh, you know, supporting other people. You know, my mother used to do that a lot of times. Uh, she would meet coworkers who needed support and she'd be willing to buy them lunch or take them out or be like, Hey, bring your kids over and our kids can hang out, you know, and things like that. Um, so I wonder if Aquarius is in her sixth chart, but I don't know because I don't know her birth time. Um, so, <laughs> and she doesn't either. So there you go. But, uh, the point is, is that, that wherever the Aquarius is in your chart, you're going to show up more as that like humanitarian, humanitarian. I get that word. I always say it wrong. So I hope I said it right this time um, in your life. And lastly, let's look at Pisces. So Pisces is our final water sign of the Zodiac. It's also our final sign of the Zodiac. It's the 12th um, sign. And Pisces energy is naturally very, very compassionate. It has a soft, like a soft heart and soft center. And I just love, I just love Pisces energy. It's naturally very artistic and intuitive, very gentle, but because it has this desire for sensitivity, sometimes it can be an escapist because it doesn't really like to see things like that are very violent or very scary or very uncomfortable. And it doesn't mean like I I've had friends that are like, when I've said that they're like, I love violence. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm not kidding. I have a friend who's a guy and he's a Pisces. And when I've said to him, like, you have this deep sensitivity to you. And he was like, what are you talking about? I love like wrestling. I love this. I love that. And I'm like, okay, relax. Because it doesn't necessarily mean that you don't love those kinds of things. It's more that you just have this natural desire for, um, connecting to like softer things in life. Maybe you value, um, uh, nature or you value children. Um, you just have this soft heart a little bit, but yes, when it comes to escapism, then yes, it could also mean that sometimes you escape into things like maybe, you know, like self-sabotage is one of the areas that Pisces rules over. So you can possibly sabotage yourself a lot simply because it's really uncomfortable to have to face things head on, you know? And so wherever you have Pisces in your chart, that's where you're going to notice that you tend to self-sabotage a lot. Um, so let's say, for example, if you have a, I keep saying the same planet. So let me try to think of a different um, planet. Uh, okay. Let's talk about Saturn, Saturn in Pisces, which right now Saturn is actually in Pisces. And so for those who have a Saturn in Pisces, you're going through your Saturn return, which means that you're either 28 to 30 
or you're 58 to 60 or you're close to your 90s so if you're listening close to your 90s shout out to you you made it homie (laughs) oh my god okay hold on that took me that took me out a little bit But anyways, um, so Saturn and Pisces, since Saturn represents where we are going to experience hardships and discomfort in our life, when you have a Saturn in Pisces, that usually means that you do sometimes struggle with Piscean themes. So you might actually struggle with compassion. You might struggle with trying to like compromise with other people because it just doesn't feel right to you. It feels really like difficult and hard. But part of why you're here is to learn how to push through that difficulty. That's what Saturn is about, is pushing through that difficulty, facing the challenge and developing the discipline necessary to succeed. So if you find that you struggle sometimes with compassion as a Saturn in Pisces, well, that's because where you're being invited to learn how to show up with compassion is in these experiences where it feels the most difficult. Or if you feel like, you struggle with um, creativity and creatively expressing yourself. Maybe you you struggle with even the idea or the concept of creativity, but maybe you just struggle with even being seen as creative. Maybe you have no problem actually creating, but trying to show it to other people, well, that feels really uncomfortable. It would make sense if your Saturn is in Pisces, but part of why you're here is to learn how to push through that discomfort and let yourself be seen for who you really, really are in that creative expression of self. And you'll find that when you allow that intuitive artistic side to be seen and celebrated for the uniqueness that it is, the more easier it is again for you to manifest and for you to feel comfortable in your own skin. So remember, the important thing about all of these signs is this. You are in control of your destiny. You are in control of your expression of self. So all of these things, and because we also have limited time, all of these things are incredibly limited. Um, And so I can only go as far as I can go considering how, how much time we have. What I wanna encourage you to do is I wanna encourage you to dive in, use this as like a as a beginning, like a springboard to learning more about your chart and more about who you are. Refer back to the previous two episodes where you're able to look at the breakdown of the sun, the moon, Venus, uh, Mercury, Sag- it's not Sagittarius, uh, Saturn, all of the different planets, and then combine that with what you're learning here today. And in a future episode, we're going to break down the houses, which I did give you kind of kind of a little tidbit about that today. I talked about the houses quite a bit. So we'll also talk a little bit about um, the houses in the next episode. So that we, then you can really pull it together. And this is essentially what I do for my birth chart readings. I'm looking at where's the, where are the planets? What houses are the planets in, which like I said, we'll talk about that in next week's episode. Um, what sign are the planets in? And then because I understand, well, Mercury stands for this, Saturn stands for that. Venus stands for this. Then I can look at where is the zodiac sign that it's connected to at. So if Venus is in Capricorn, then we're looking at somebody who really values practical, but reliable, loyal lovers, right? But if I'm looking at 
a Saturn in Pisces, for example, like I just mentioned, right? I'm looking at somebody who might struggle sometimes with compassion, who might have a really hard time um, being creative, um, being creative and expressing their creativity. And so they're here to learn how to do those things. And part of my job as their coach or as their astrologer is to give them the tools necessary to be able to achieve that goal of becoming more compassionate or finding things that they're naturally compassionate about and encouraging them to dive into that emotion. Um, that's my job to do. It's what I love and it's what I'm passionate about. So you can um, begin this process yourself, but if you do find that it's a little confusing or you just feel like it's a lot to remember or you're just not sure, like even I, as an astrologer, I have an astrologer <laughs> because of course I can intuit my own chart, but it's a lot harder when it's me. I can, you know, it's it's so much easier, right? When you're able to look at someone else versus when you're looking at yourself. So sometimes when you're trying to read your own chart, it can be a little confusing and that's totally fine. So you can use, go to the description down in the, um, down in the box below and book a reading with me. I would love to sit with you and to help you see who you are, what your purpose is, and give you an understanding on what makes you who you are in all the areas of your life, whether we're talking about work, whether we're talking about your childhood, whether we're talking about you as a parent, you as a mom or as a dad, uh, you as a lover, you as a worker, an employee, a boss, right? All of these different areas, we can see how do you shine best and what can we put in place to help you um, show up in your best self so that way you can get that promotion so that way you can find that love of your life so that way you can be the parent that you've always wanted to be right or be the sibling that you've always wanted to be all of those things are can be found directly inside of your chart so Anyways, I really hope that uh, you enjoyed today's episode. If you have any questions at all, I would love to answer them. So just go and follow me on Instagram at instagram.com slash the Lexi Wilson. That's T-H-E-L-E-X-I, don't forget the E, Wilson.com. I would love to answer any questions. Wait, not .com. No, Instagram.com slash the Lexi Wilson. There you go. And I would love to answer any questions that you have in regards to astrology and trying to figure out how to read your birth chart. So I will see you all next week. I hope that you have a great day. Um, be sure to share this episode as well. If you found yourself loving it and enjoying it, that's a huge way to show your support and it's free, right? So you can share it. You can text a friend and say, Hey girl, I know you're into it. Or Hey guy, I know you're into, um, astrology. I love this, this episode, or I love this show, check it out. Um, and you can also show, uh, your friends on Instagram, just take a screenshot, tag me at the Lexi Wilson, T H E L E X I don't forget the E Wilson and tag me in your stories. So that way I can shout you out also and celebrate you, um, for that. And one last thing as well is if you really want to go the extra mile and you really love this show, please, please, please leave me a review. I would love you forever. <laughs> both on Spotify and Apple, um, they both, their algorithm works by the greater reviews that you have. So 
If you really love the episode, give me as many stars as you possibly can muster and then share a little bit, even if it's just a couple words of how this show has helped you, what you love about the show, uh, what you love about me, you know? I mean, listen, I have to throw that in there. I'm a Leo Moon, okay? I'm a little bit about me. I'm a little bit about me. What are you going to do? Anyways, um, <laughs> you can't blame me because it is my Leo Moon. <laughs> But go ahead and just leave your thoughts because like I said, that helps the algorithm both on Spotify and on Apple to push the show out to find more people who also would love this. And I mean, think about how many wonderful podcasts exist out there that you would love to support, but you don't even know exist. Yeah, I'm sure there are plenty of people who would also find this show to be amazing, but they don't even know that it exists. And so a way that we can get them to see it is through your support. So please be sure to leave a review if you really enjoy the show. All right, that's it. Those are my pleas. Those are my desires. I am manifesting. <laughs> and that is all that I have for you guys. I hope you all have a wonderful morning, noon, or night, and I will see you guys next week. Bye.